What's up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Cervantes Podcast. Joining me today to discuss the importance of mission and ministry and religion, specifically in Christianity, his work and dedication to serving local communities, and his passion for social justice is one of my former teachers at Iona Preparatory School, North America Advocacy Coordinator for the Edmund Rice Christian Brothers, and Director of the Office of Mission and Ministry at Iona College, Dr. D. Alfonso. How are you doing today, Dr. D? I'm doing well, Cervantes. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to getting a chance to chat with you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So in Christianity, we believe as Christians that God gives us all unique gifts so that we may use them in serving others and their needs, essentially carrying forth God's mission throughout the world. In your opinion, why do you believe mission and ministry is so important? Well, yeah, I think that, um, like you mentioned, uh, we all have kind of our our individual gifts and talents that we've been blessed with. And, um, you know, I think it's it's uh, it's important to share those gifts and talents with those around us and um, using those to make the world a better place. Uh, we see that kind of in scripture often um, that, that, you know, we should be our brothers and our sisters keeper um, and looking out for their well-being. So I think that passion for uh, justice and mission and ministry um, does kind of come from, from that faith background um, and seeing people, uh, the dignity of each person uh, in our brothers and sisters. I totally agree. Back in 2007 at Bishop Hendrickin High School, a Catholic all-boys high school in Warwick, Rhode Island, you went on an immersion trip to Peru with the Christian Brothers and Edmund Rice. From August 2007 to May 2011, you were a service coordinator for Loyola University, Maryland. Fast forward a little bit to your time I own a preparatory school in Westchester, New York. You're not only a foreign language professor, but you're also the assistant director of campus ministry. Where did your passion for community service and both mission and ministry come from? Oh, yeah. Well, you're making me sound old with all those years. Um, <laughs> so I think a couple of places, um, you know, I guess growing up, um, you know, my parents, I think, really instilled uh, a sense of um, kind of that uh, sense of love for your neighbor, uh, which I think was important and uh, treating people with respect and uh, dignity. And then I think, like you mentioned, uh, when I was a student in high school, Christian Brother High School, like Iona College and uh, Iona Prep, uh, I had the opportunity to go on one of the first immersion trips that the Christian Brothers offered down to Lima, Peru, and that was a life-changing experience for me. Um, you know, coming from Rhode Island, a small, very homogeneous state, uh, you know, very kind of small world and a little bit of a bubble, getting to see kind of outside of that really opened my eyes to a larger world and, you know, sadly, some of the great needs of that world um, and, and how much um, poverty and injustice that people kind of face, uh, both obviously within our own country, but in a larger world and global community as well. So I think that trip was really kind of the first thing that I guess opened my eyes and, and started to develop that passion. I think also my experience with the Christian Brothers, kind of their heart for serving other people and uh, working with people who are poor and marginalized in the world was also an inspiration. And then like you mentioned, I, I was a student down at Loyola University in Baltimore, a Jesuit school, and the Jesuits are very, very big on, uh, you know, service and justice, and um, I think working as a service coordinator, I, I was able to uh, partner with a program called uh, Frederick Ozenham House, which uh, was a transitional housing program for uh, men who were coming back from uh, incarceration, and, and working with that program also, and a number of other programs in Baltimore, uh, I was a tutor at a local uh, high school down there, and, and that really also, I think, opened my eyes to other um, injustices in, in the city of Baltimore and, and kind of American cities in general. And then I think 
that inspired me to stay in Baltimore. Once I graduated, I was a Teach for America Corps member for three years. So I taught um, in, in West Baltimore uh, as a Spanish teacher there and I coached. And that was also, I think another, it was a, a awesome experience. I loved teaching there, uh, loved working with my students there. Um, but I think it, it kind of showed me uh, how privileged I was in my own educational and uh, childhood kind of upbringing and background. And just, I think how much work um, our country, our society has to do um, in kind of in the sphere of education. Um, and, you know, all of those things I think have combined kind of to uh, ignite that passion, like you mentioned for social justice and uh, mission and ministry. I love that. That's that's really important. I think going with this question and the first question I asked you, I think it's important that like we as Christians realize that um, carrying out God's word and living a life that's Christ-like, you don't. It's not just going to church and every Sunday and just praying. Like you have to, you know, God God had a certain mission. Jesus had a certain view and outlook on the world, and then we carry that out through ministry and like going doing community service and like bible study in like different ways and like just using your gifts whatever your ministry is which i was going to get to later um carrying that out to others and i think that um when i remember one time in a prep i felt like oh like i gotta fit in with these kids who like have money and have nice clothes and bmws um and i remember i got lost in that and like trying to fit in so that when i went to when i did community service with you and other students from the school and I went to the soup kitchen in my own town and seeing people in need that live not too far from me I was like oh like this is what's important like it sounds like kind of corny and like cliche but this is what's important like people just need food and like basic um basic necessities and I'm over here worried about like oh do I have the right vineyard vine sweater <laughs> so it really put things in, into perspective when I started um doing community service and I, I think I did the soup kitchen all three years that I was at the prep. And um, I think when you leave your bubble and you like realize what's important and like, you know, having a good relationship with God and like doing, you know, faith without works is dead. We always hear that doing stuff like that. I think that's when you can put things in, into perspective, especially for young people. I think we need that. So I think that's awesome that you were able to go from Rhode Island to Peru. Certainly different worlds. We'll say that, <laughs> you know, I, you know, go, I, I guess, in kind of additionally, you know, when I was in college, I was blessed to have the opportunity to kind of travel uh, and see the world with the, the Christian brothers and with uh, the Jesuits. You know, I, I spent a couple of uh, breaks in Jamaica doing service work. Uh, I spent a summer in uh, Tanzania and Kenya doing service work. So I think a lot of those experiences um, just kind of furthered that passion for not only, uh, you know, justice in the world, but also kind of that call, like you're talking about, um, that's what we're called to do, right, as Christians, um, to really kind of take that message and um, act upon it to make the world a better place. Right. Is there anything in particular that you miss from any of these countries that you visited and did work in? So uh, absolutely. I think each of those experience was unique in their own way. Um, you know, one of the things when, when I've had a, the opportunity to take students kind of abroad on these different service trips is um, I think oftentimes we think um, wrongfully so that we're going there to help people, perhaps, um, you know, to be the saviors. And I think that mentality is oftentimes problematic because so often when we do service and, and when we uh, work alongside people around the world, we are given so much more than we give to them. And I think it's important to 
uh, go in with that mindset, right? Uh, that that we're not necessarily the the sage on the stage or the, the you know the person that's going to be uh, saving people. It's really about uh, learning from the experience and um, you know taking those lessons back to your your home or your your town, your city, and and making change within kind of your locus of control and your sphere. Right. I always mention um, in the movie Crazy Rich Asians, there's a scene where um, they're the the families at, at, together at the, at the dinner table and the kids are like not like they're playing with their food. And one of the aunties or the moms is like, oh, don't don't waste your food. There's kids in America that are hungry. And I thought that was so interesting because it's like we always say like, you know, a third world country. But, you know, that the director, writer, whoever put that in, it's like, oh, no, there's pe there's people who don't have it very well here in this country um so let's also let's let's help people in other countries but let's definitely help the people that are already here for absolutely sure. for sure what do you believe your ministry is oh my ministry um you know i think in my current role um here it's really i guess kind of multifaceted i think one of my ministries is um, you can see the picture kind of over my, my left shoulder here. Uh, Blessed Edmund Rice is the founder of the Christian Brothers. And, um, you know, I think his story, um, you know, being um, a Christian or being a, a regular citizen, a, a father, a husband, uh, and then becoming a Christian brother and founding the Christian Brothers in Ireland in the uh, late 1700s, uh, he ended up becoming an advocate, uh, a champion of education, um, someone who spoke out against injustice. The penal laws in Ireland marginalized many of the Irish in their society. And I think one of my goals is telling his story here at Iona College uh, and valuing kind of the, the Catholic tradition and heritage of St. Columba, uh, who was, um, you know, a monk during the uh, five and 500s in, in uh, excuse me, 600s uh, in Scotland and, and kind of um, preserving uh, intellectual tradition as, as a monk there, uh, but also telling the story of Edmund Rice and kind of keeping that story alive for Iona College students so that they can understand, well, how does this story apply to me today? What are the injustices here in 2020, uh, in, in uh, my own community in New Rochelle from wherever city or town they're from? How can I be an agent of change and kind of take my faith to, to make the world a better place in whatever I'm doing in a career in the people that I meet every day? So I think that's one of the roles. I think um, another kind of part of the mission is um, social justice, uh, you know, equipping students to understand how their faith, whatever that faith might be, um, should challenge some of the structures in our world that cause injustice. Um, and how, how do they take those lessons, whether it be from Christianity, uh, from Judaism, from Islam, whatever it might be, how do um, those things challenge uh, injustices in our world today? And then I think also, um, you know, the third kind of mission uh, or that I have here is develop, helping students to develop faith. Uh, you know, I think in our world today, there's oftentimes you hear negative uh, press about faith. And, um, you know, unfortunately, when we look back on the historical record, uh, organized religion maybe doesn't have the, the cleanest history, obviously, in many ways. Um, but I think that it's important for students to kind of develop their own faith with God, whoever that is to them, um, because that is, I think, a really grounding thing in someone's life um, and, and allows them to kind of have purpose in whatever they might do in the future. Right. Like I 
sometimes I'm like, oh, like, I wish I was a better Christian. I wish I went to church more and like, wish I did more community service. But I think also it's, it's about your relationship with God. And I think it's about how you treat others. And I think also like, it's, it's so important. I couldn't see myself without having my Christian faith. Because a lot of times, you know, we all have trials and tribulations. So it's like, thank God I have some somebody to believe in. Because I think everyone needs that, whether it's Christianity, Judaism, um, the religion of Islam, whatever it is. I feel like you need something to believe in. Because what else is keeping you going? That's how that's how I I feel. Um, is it difficult though? Because I'm in like amongst my peers, we a lot of times we don't speak about religion. M most most of my friends. Do you find it difficult, like? speaking about this content with people like 18 to 21 in that college age gap? I don't because I've had a lot of experience doing it. Um, okay. You know, I think that, um, I think oftentimes faith can be a difficult thing to talk about. Obviously in many ways, it's a very personal thing. Um, you know, some, some people kind of have a, more of a, a quieter reserved faith um, and, and sometimes having conversations um, about it are difficult, particularly, you know, in today's day and age with, um, you know, kind of so many things in such a polarized society in which we're a part of, um, sometimes that makes those conversations more difficult. But I think that, um, I think being kind of genuine and open with students, and I think that the phrase, the buzz phrase that I'll use is meeting students where they're at. Um, I think that listening is kind of the most important piece of that, right? In order to talk about faith, you need to listen first and, and see, understand what people have going on in their lives, what they've been through, what are, what are some of the things that they bring to their faith and their, their conversation with you. So I think all of those things are important in talking about it um, and, and encouraging students to talk about it as well. And I think another piece of that too is not bringing um, judgment into it, right? One of the things that Pope Francis says is, who am I to judge, right? That's his kind of his big line. So I think the same thing goes for people who work in ministry and, and um, kind of faith backgrounds is, you know, we're here to be a resource. It's not to judge, it's to support people in kind of whatever faith journey they're on. Right, right. And it's like, who, like you said, like, who are we to judge? Jesus Christ didn't judge. Like he, he would seek, um, he would help people who were outcasted from society. So it's like, why can't we do that with people in, in 2022? <laughs> it's like, sometimes we always focus on like people who are already saved and not the people who need saving. And I think we got to do a better, the the religious Christian community has to do a better job of that. Um, and I think sometimes, because sometimes there's judgment, young people, or maybe just anybody can like sometimes stray away, like, oh, I don't, you know, maybe that's not for me because I don't have a suit to go to church or I, you know, I don't, you know, I'm, or whatever, whatever it may be. So I, I definitely think that's a good point. Um, not, not having judgment when speaking to people. Right, next question. So you taught at Iona Prep for seven years as a foreign language teacher, uh, one of my teachers and assistant director of campus ministry. As of January of this year, you're now the director of the office of mission and ministry at Iona College. What made you want to leave the prep and go to Iona College? Mm. So, um, it wasn't because of teaching students like you, Cervantes. Okay? <laughs> I, I love I my experience teaching with, with students there. Um, you know, I think part of it, um, wanting to come to higher education, um, I, I think one of the things that I guess I'm, I'm, I really enjoy working here at the college is there is that connection of the Christian brothers. So I think some of it is familiar, um, which, which obviously is a blessing. But I think, too, uh, working with college students who 
are very passionate about some of the issues we've talked about with social justice and uh, going on service immersions or doing community service locally here in the New Rochelle and Westchester communities. I think that um, connecting with those students who are impassioned about those things is very inspiring to me. Um, and I think that there's, because it's a college and a little bit larger um, than, a, than a secondary school, a high school, there's just so many possibilities of, of programs that can be built here um, and, and the impact that they can have on students, on faculty and staff, on members of the Iona College community, but also locally in kind of New Rochelle, um, but even also you know, around the, the Edmund Rice network globally, we can say in all of the schools that the, the brothers have around the world. Okay. I, yeah, because I wonder, I was like, oh, like, he's not there anymore. I thought I thought you're going to work um, at both places, like Dr. Kelton, I think. Um, but that's, I think that's really cool. And I think there's more freedom with college. I feel like you can do more stuff because the students are older. Um, so I, there's that part, too. What would you say, what's your favorite part about your position? Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, it's been a great, I've been here since January. So it's been a great couple, uh, first couple months. I think my favorite part um, is the interconnectedness of the, the college community. So I think um, that word community is big. I feel like despite there being, you know, 4,000 people on campus and off, you know, kind of going all different which ways on campus, many departments and divisions, it still feels kind of like a family here where you can walk across campus and, and know someone that, that you've had a class with. And I think at a lot of college campuses, you don't always get that if it's if it's many, many people. Uh, here at Iona, I think there is a great sense of community um, and, and knowing uh, one another and kind of looking out for one another. For sure, you, you definitely get that. I remember I went to um, Iona College for one year before Hofstra and I was talking to the um, financial aid department and because somebody in student financial services, I think he's like a liaison between um, Iona College and Iona Prep, he gave me um, a lot of, he told me about a lot of like financial aid that I can receive because I went to Iona Prep. He was like, oh, really? Oh, okay, like I'm, I'm gonna help you out. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even know this person. But because I have that, you know, Iona connection, he was able to like put me in the in the right um, direction in terms of like financial aid and all that stuff. So I, I, you definitely get that sense of community. And I think sometimes when you go to like a, maybe a huge college like University of Miami or University of Michigan, you don't really have a sense of community unless you're maybe at like a football game. <laughs> sure, but, yeah, um, some of the larger gatherings, right? <laughs> right. Is there anything that you miss about teaching at Iona Prep or the work that you did there? Sure, I mean, there's, uh, you know, Iona Prep is a great place to be. Uh, I was there for seven years and, uh, you know, a lot of great colleagues there, a lot of great students who I had the chance to work with and, and kind of work with in campus ministry and in cl a classroom setting. Um, I think I miss, you know, there, there is a sense of kind of family and community at Iona Prep as well. And in terms of getting to know people uh, who are your classmates or um, that, that, you know, you work with on a daily basis. Um, so there, are, I think there are pieces of that that I definitely do miss there. Um, and, you know, great friends that I'm still close with, obviously that, uh, I worked at the prep with and, and staying in contact with them. So, yeah, but I think uh, moving to the college has been been a great experience and I'm enjoying it. So that's good. I'm, I'm excited to see what um what you do there. 
Um, that's gonna that's gonna be a good experience. I actually that already. So Iona College offers a number of retreats, including two annual Kairos retreats. Kairos is translated from ancient Greek and means the appointed time and the purpose of God. The Kairos weekend retreat that Iona offers engages students in reflection on and affirmation of their relationships with God, with each other, and with themselves. Which spiritual retreat are you looking forward to uh, next school year? Ooh, yeah, that's good. Um, so I, uh, believe it or not, I wasn't able to go on the Kairos uh, retreat this year with the college uh, because of some other things. So I'm looking forward to going on um, our Kairos retreat. Um, but we also offer um, a first year retreat specifically designed for kind of first year students here at the college and looking forward to being able to be part of that, um, to get to know some of our incoming students and uh, hopefully getting their foot in the door with our Office of Mission and Ministry and kind of you know, speaking about some of the things that we offer out of our office. Um, and then one of our other um, kind of unique programs, we have a retreat for busy people uh, that our chaplain, Father Gerard, kind of heads up here. And um, oftentimes we hear talk about people who don't have time to go on a longer retreat. They don't have a weekend to give up. Um, so we do kind of a five-day uh, check-in retreat where members of our office or professors here on campus, other staff members, uh, volunteer to be kind of retreat leaders for students and just do kind of a one-week check-in. Um, there's, you know, kind of different readings and um, reflection activities that people uh, use as kind of a guiding uh, program for the week, but it's it really is a good opportunity for students maybe who aren't comfortable yet going on a longer retreat or don't have the time to do so to get a feel of what a retreat here on, on campus is like. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. Were you, um, did you always join, uh, go on, I mean, go on retreats when you were like in high school or maybe when you went to college? Um, yeah, you know, I think when I was a, a high school student, I did have the opportunity. We didn't have a Kairos program at my high school, but uh, similar kind of an encounter retreat, sometimes they're called. And yeah, I think that was kind of one of my first experiences in, in being part of that kind of retreat program and getting involved and things like that. And it did, it kind of, it allowed me to, to get involved in college and then, you know, working at Iona Prep and here at the college, I think retreats are great because it does, we have crazy lives today, right? We have so many things that we're, we have booked around the clock and uh, we're always on this thing. We can't put that down. So I think it's important to, in life, take a retreat, kind of step back a little bit and take time to reflect, to recharge your batteries to take time to, um, you know, perhaps pray and, and just really kind of center ourselves in, in what is a, a very busy world and lifestyle. Yeah, it's important. It's, it's very important to do that. Like, uh, have some self-reflection. I went on uh, the leadership excellence retreat at Iona Prep my junior year, I think. And um, I thought we were just going to, like, hang out and, like, you know, play games or, or whatever. Um, but there's there was one part in the retreat where we got letters sent from our families and it got super emotional like it was super quiet it got super emotional and I was like wow like I'm, I'm on the verge of tears <laughs> and it was so it kind of it left me a little shook because I, as men like we don't cry we generally don't cry or we're told not to maybe I should say and to like hear and see like people on the football team and on the basketball team and you know these you know alpha men alpha men like break down in tears um, I forgot what the, what we were talking about, but I think it was maybe like the letters from our family after being away for like a week, I think. The Palanca letters, I think they're referred to a lot of the time. Yes. Yeah. So just seeing, seeing that, seeing my peers like 
so emotional and vulnerable and like we had to throw something in the fire I forgot what it was um but yeah that was, so I was like oh wow like I definitely want to do um more of these because I think that's that's important like to know that you're loved to again like further your relationship with God and to have some self-reflection and like where you are where you are in life what you want to do um what you need to do and I think I think that that's important so definitely I definitely encourage people listening like if you go to Iona College or not maybe your school has like some type of retreat program that you can go to because definitely rewarding and I think beneficial. Definitely. The Iona College Office of Mission and Ministry is dedicated to keeping the mission of service, justice, and spirituality conscious in the minds and hearts of the college community. Speaking of justice, how does the Office of Mission and Ministry incorporate social justice efforts in their work? Absolutely, yeah. I So I think, um, you know, our office, like I mentioned before, we're interconnected with a lot of different um, departments here on campus and, and uh, different members and, and uh, staff members, faculty from different um, departments. So we, you know, I think from our own office, we offer a lot of different um, opportunities for students to learn about justice, but also uh, how to be a, an advocate for different um, social justice concerns. And, um, you know, every fall, for example, in November, our Catholic Intellectual Tradition Series, which is um, a group of faculty members and staff members, um, and our office kind of all uh, work collaboratively to put on this Week of the Peacemaker, uh, which basically is a collection of different events that bring awareness to uh, certain social justice topics. So um, each year uh, is a different theme throughout the week. So um, okay. in past years, now this is some of these are before my time here, but um, I do know when you know attended some of the events. Um, you know, in years past, there has been the theme of racial justice, uh, of immigration and uh, refugee concerns, um, with gun violence, um, kind of different um, themes that are prevalent or most applicable to kind of what's going on in American or global society at that time. Uh, actually, in the coming weeks, we'll be um, putting together our committee and trying to kind of finalize our theme for the 2022 Week of the Peacemaker. Um, and we're looking forward to, you know, starting to plan some of those events out. So those events are uh, keynote addresses. There's teach-ins from different faculty members who might be able to speak and, and teach on some of those topics. Uh, we welcome, um, some, sometimes we'll do, uh, you know, different performance, uh, performative arts, um, a play or a musical, um, all kinds of different events that are educational, uh, that allow students to find ways to advocate for whatever topic that might be, uh, to get involved politically, um, so all kinds of different ways that students in our office um, can can kind of get involved in the overarching theme of justice. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I think that's really important and really um, beautiful because I know sometimes religious organizations or maybe some churches, they will try to stay out of politics because, you know, like a separate church and state. But I think sometimes like, no, like I think... I think, again, going back to Jesus Christ, I think he would be marching for Black Lives Matter and for, you know, the Women's March and gun reform. I think he would be doing that. So if he would be doing that and we're Christians, <laughs> we should be incorporating that into, um, you know, the our faith work and our, you know, our work in general. So I, I didn't know that. That's, that's really important. 
Um, so that leads me to my next question. According to a November 2019 article titled, Americans have positive views about religion's role in society, but want it out of politics from the Pew Research Center, the center found that 63% of US adults said that the church should stay out of politics. Do you agree? Do you think that religious organizations like the ones that you are a part of and the church as an institution should not speak on social justice issues like perhaps racial discrimination or gun reform? Mm, good question. Um, the hard hitting ones today. Um, <laughs> so I think I'm going to separate two of the things that you said in your question. I think um, staying out of politics and speaking on politics, I think, are two different things. So um, when I think about kind of uh, different religious institutions, whether it be the Catholic Church or different kind of organized religions, I think that those institutions um, are very diverse bodies of people and belief and thought, et cetera. Um, so, you know, when you look at the Catholic Church here in the United States, for example, um, you're talking about tens, hundreds of, you know, well, tens of millions of people um, who come from every walk of life and, uh, you know, every background and uh, ethnic group, racial group. And I think that the institutional church itself um, isn't really able to um, totally encapsulate everything that its congregants or its membership might believe. However, I think that um, there are certain issues that we've seen rear their heads in, in American society. You mentioned racial injustice, uh, gun violence, um, refugee and migration issues. Uh, all of those things are issues that the church should take a stance on, uh, protecting uh, human life from birth to death, right? Um, and I think oftentimes in American politics, many people kind of get caught up um, on that, that life issue uh, of just being something with, you know, abortion or one single solitary issue, when there's really many, many things that um, I think that the church should, should support um, in protecting all people. So um, I, I think, I don't know if that answers your question. I, I think, I think so. I think <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to like listen and think about what, what my intention was with that question. Cause I think, I think just like we said before, like sometimes I'll go to church and maybe the pastor, like, I, so I'll, I'll be specific. Like I'm, I'm Baptist. So I go to a Baptist church and I think sometimes my pastor or Baptist paps, pastors will focus on like the church's teaching as they should, but oh, like, and try to apply it to today, but, but not, um, not be specific with like, you know, Black Lives Matter or like gun reform. Like they won't be specific in that sense. And I think maybe I just want the church, but I get maybe, maybe me saying the church is too broad. Maybe I just want certain religious organizations to be more specific and call out different injustices, whether it be race, sexual, uh, sexuality, sexism, uh, refugee, immigration. Like I want them to be more specific when they talk about modern day issues. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, I'm going to speak on it, I guess, from the Catholic perspective, um, yeah. you know, Pope Francis uh, over the last couple of years has in many cases spoken out against things 
after George Floyd, Namad Arbery, and and um, you know some of the different things that have happened in American society. You know, Pope Francis spoke out in, in saying um, you know Black Lives Matter and supporting that movement and uh, a need for uh, racial justice and kind of different things to happen in American society. Um, and and he has spoken out against um, different policies, the U.S.-Mexico border uh, for people who are escaping. Uh, violence and persecution in Central America and uh, protecting asylum seekers and refugees. And so I think that going back to my first point, I think that the church definitely needs to have a voice to protect people who are vulnerable um, and to protect, you know, life and, and, and the sanctity of life. Um, but I also think that it's difficult sometimes for institutions to be able to say, or to advocate for a specific action or a law, right? You talked about the separation of church and state. I think that's where sometimes uh, it can become a slippery slope. Um, so, okay, okay. I think that's, um, but I think too, you know, there is going back to kind of the beginning of our conversation, um, your faith should inspire you to do something, right? So, I think when we see these things, um, we have a role to play. We have actions that we need to take, whether that be political, spiritual, uh, community organizing. I think that um, our faith should inspire us to do what is right. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas talks about the importance of our, our conscience and what, what role does that play in, in driving the actions that, that um, you know, we're passionate about and the social justice topics we're passionate about. So, yeah, I think in my, my own understanding as a, a Christian and as a Catholic, yes, Black Lives Matter. Yes, we need gun uh, reform. Yes, we need to uh, protect life and, and protect people um, who are trying to find a better life coming from the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, how that plays out um, from the church speaking about it, I'm not necessarily sure what um, their role is in the political realm, I guess you would say. Um, but I think that we as Christians, as Catholics, should be able to take those things and say, well, we are going to live out our faith by by taking action. Right. And not maybe instead of like waiting for someone else to do something, just doing it ourselves. Like, okay, like, okay, you're not going to speak out. I'll speak out. You're not going to march. I'll march. You won't donate. I'll donate. So I think that's a good point. That's a very good point. I, I wanted, wanted your take on that because I know that's um, sometimes that comes up often between like church and like politics and like what we expect, what the general public sometimes I think expects for um, higher ups to say, but it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like voting, like, yes, you should vote for the president, but let's pay attention to like the superintendent in your neighborhood and like judges and local elections, not just presidential. So it all, it all connects like our conversation earlier. Absolutely. Um, so now we're going to move on to some TCP rapid fire questions, uh, some lighter topics. All right. <laughs> um, the first question, what makes you laugh the most? Ooh, what makes me laugh the most? Um, I'm a big fan of the show Seinfeld. Um, I have been, I've probably seen every episode multiple times. Um, always been a big Seinfeld fan. Curb Your Enthusiasm, obviously, is kind of an offshoot of that. So uh, both of those shows made me laugh. Um, yeah. You know, I never watched Seinfeld or Friends. 
That's crazy. I'm not a friends person. I'm more of a Seinfeld person. Okay. Okay. Is is the is the humor different? You would say, or just a completely different, two completely different shows? They're different. Yeah, definitely okay. different shows. Okay. Three things you're grateful for. Ooh, three things I'm grateful for. Um, my family. Uh, I have two. My parents. My two brothers. Uh, my wife. Um, family is definitely a big one. Um. I think the second would be like the, the opportunities I've been given. Um, you know, I used that word privilege before. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of great opportunities kind of educationally to go to good schools, to, um, you know, have a lot of great opportunities uh, in my career to work with Iona Prep and Iona College, the Christian Brothers. Um, so family, uh, opportunity. Um, what else? And I, I think, uh, I guess faith too, you know, uh, we're having a conversation that's been largely about uh, faith background and kind of those things. To I, I guess I'm grateful to live in a place where I can have these conversations openly um, and, and really kind of uh, express my faith how uh, I want to. But also, I guess I'm grateful to be able to share my faith with other people and, um, you know, to have the freedom to do that. That's a good one. Those are, those are three good ones. Uh, what would you tell your younger self? Tell my younger self. Um, that's a good question. That's, these are rapid fire. I got to think quick here. Um, I think I would just tell myself um, to enjoy the ride. Um, I think when I was younger, I was, you know, like many students are, I think I was always, you know, I, I have to get this grade. I have to get, I have to do this. I have to get this done. If this is the deadline. Life isn't always all about those things. I think it's, you know, so sometimes we're so focused on the, end of the, the road that we miss the beauty of the journey. And I think, you know, being able to enjoy those moments fully and without distraction and the worry of getting things done, I think is important. Yes, totally agree. Well, when I, I always take a quote from each guest, definitely going to use that one. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Ooh, where do I see myself in five years? I would say, um, here at Iona College, I think I, I would love to, to stay here. Um, it's a great community. Um, I'm looking forward to having kind of a, a full year under my belt, I guess, and um, seeing all the, the great programs that we offer here. But um, yeah, I think in five years, I'd like to still be here at the college, working with students and mission and ministry and kind of building up, you know, one of the unfortunate things is that COVID has put a lot of constraints on some of the things that the office has been able to do for two years. So a lot of the work next year will be kind of building back programs and building up things that that necessar haven't necessarily met in, in a while. So um, yeah, I think five years, just looking forward to the work here. Awesome, awesome. Um, and the last TCP Rifefire question, what would you name this current chapter of your life? Ooh. New beginnings. New beginnings. New beginnings. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, starting a new role here and uh, my wife and I bought a house in the last year, um, moving out to Long Island. So yeah, just I think kind of starting new, um, maybe not completely new, you know, I own a prep to I own a college. It's pretty similar, but <laughs> same community, uh, kind of. Exactly. But uh, yeah, new beginnings, I think. That's appropriate. That's appropriate. I like that. Um, is there anything else you want people to know about the Office of Mission Ministry? Um, are there any goals that you have um, that you want to share? 
Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think our office, uh, like I mentioned, obviously, um, it, it, our office has had a great tradition here. Um, you know, I, I took, I became the new director in January. Uh, Carl Precario Foley was the former director. He was here for about 30 years and built up really wow. kind of an amazing program here. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful and grateful to be kind of following in his footsteps. And, um, you know, our, our office, I think, offers so many different kind of diverse opportunities for students, uh, whether that be, you know, the week of the peacemaker that I mentioned, uh, the different immersion trips that we do all over the, around the world to Peru, Jamaica next year, Ireland, uh, all different places in the United States. We work with many service organizations here in New Rochelle and Westchester. I think in terms of, I guess, the goals of, of maybe our office, I think one of them is kind of creating a stronger link up with New Rochelle. Uh, I think New Rochelle is a great, great, great community. Um, and I think our, I want our students here at the college to fully experience it um, and to learn about the New Rochelle community and all the opportunities and uh, the diversity of, of people and backgrounds. You know, New Rochelle has like 70 different places of worship and- um, Wow, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, it's dozens of different community service opportunities and um, there's, there's a lot of great things to, to see and do here. Um, so I, I hope our students don't all just get on the train to go to New York City, that they can stay here first and um, appreciate kind of their own community here on campus. So. Right. Especially for the students who aren't from here, aren't from Westchester, they can see all the great opportunities that Arona College has to offer and your show has to offer. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Dr. D. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Hey, it was a pleasure <laughs> speaking with you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, for more information about Iona, Co Iona College's Office of Mission and Ministry, head on over to iona.edu. To stay updated on their programs, events, and service projects, you can follow them on Instagram at IC Ministries. Be sure to leave a rating for the Sorantes podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the Sorantes podcast YouTube channel, and click the, click the notification bell up top so you're notified whenever I upload a new episode. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good one.